an engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They realize how things have changed and start a podcast. Hi, I'm Jed, the banker. I'm Shikhar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian, the dancer. And we are THC. We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed. We're all quarantined. It's scary. We're seeing a lot of news. Everybody's watching the White House updates into what they're planning to do. We're seeing California and New York just go on complete lockdowns and closing out restaurants and everything. Of course, there are going to be some adverse effects, right? We're closing down industries, limiting travel. Yeah. Right. So what kind of industries are affected? What do you got take take a take a hit? What what industries are going to take a hit? Every industry that needs foot traffic. You can call it the leisure industry where airlines, uh, hotels, bars, restaurants. I mean, you have entire industries that have seen a significant drop in revenue. And this happened over the span of just what, three, four weeks. So yep. Most of the big industries, the big corporations, they have generated enough cash flow to survive a rainy day. But over the past 10 years, 15 years, you have these mega corporations that have really done everything possible to increase their share price by buying their own stock. Just a stat, which is incredible to check out. Over the past 10 years, the airlines industry has spent 96% of its cash flow on buying back their own stock. Why do they do this? Why, why is there a need to buy their own stock? Just to put it in simple terms, say you have a certain number of shares that your company issues. If the corporation itself buys back a lot of those shares, you reduce the supply, you reduce the number of shares outstanding of that stock. And what that does is kind of inherently pushes the price up. When those share prices increase, the value of the stock that they have bought back increases. And that is directly correlated to the compensation that the executives have. So now with the whole pandemic, what's happened is these corporations are in a place where they need bailouts. They need the government to actually come in and give them like $50 billion to get them to survive this potential recession. One thing that that we know about buybacks is that there's not a significant amount of regulation around it. And when companies receive a significant amount of cash from, from the government, they can use these in many different ways, right? Over the past few years, when rates have been extremely low, companies have been using this as an opportunity to buy back stock, as you mentioned with the airline industry. So let's jump into the case for buybacks. Why are buybacks good? Well, buybacks provide a support price for the stock price. So in times of recessionary decline or economic slowdowns, Companies that buy back their stock are creating a support for the stock price. So it allows them to minimize the volatility of their stock price, increase the demand by decreasing the outstanding shares or supply of shares. So just a point, Adrian, like this would be the best time for them to do the buyback when there's a recession to protect their stock. Exactly. But you wouldn't want to buy back in such an aggressive way that you don't have cash to sustain you for 
however long this potential recession could last because you don't know that. So it's important to factor in the cash you need in your reserves for a rainy day like this. Uh, Moving on to another benefit is the tax deferred earnings that management and executives get from holding this stock. So when a company buys back their stock, they will buy it back and then the management and employees can opt to instead of having a higher higher salary or a bonus, they can opt to receive stock. And the stock isn't taxed until it's being sold. Normally, let's say you were taxed at 40 or 50% on your salary. Whereas if you were to receive stock, hold it for one year, you'd only be taxed on it around 20, 25%, depending on the state and federal uh, tax rates. But that's a huge cut in the tax. So that's a big incentive for management and employees to be paid in stock rather than in cash. Less financial engineering, more actual engineering. True that. Yeah, you want to improve as a company, you put in those resources, the extra cushion that you have, cushion that you've generated into your workforce, into R&D. Like airlines, American and United have consistently been the worst airlines in the United States. You mean service-wise? Service-wise. This is... um, These are the metrics that are put out every year and they lead in the amount of stock that they have bought back. Now, wouldn't they be a lot better for just putting that money into workers and into resources, improving the software, the hardware that they use? Why isn't this shit illegal? I don't get it. (laughs) I feel like it should be, but... (laughs) You know, we go through cycles of uh, of tightening on legislation and regulation and then easing off to help the economy grow more and get away with shady things like this. You know, there's there's this interesting case to be made. I think it was a Wall Street Journal who created an article about how buybacks contributed to increasing wealth inequality. Kind of makes sense. Doesn't do it make sense? So back in the day... It wasn't super popular. Buybacks weren't yeah. super popular. It was considered a form of insider trading. Yeah, pretty much. People thought it was illegal, right? In the 30s, after after 29, when they created SEC, um, it was an open question. There wasn't really any formal material saying buybacks were illegal, but it was looked at as a form of insider trading. So people, companies weren't doing it, right? Um, SEC took large companies to court when they tried to um, stock repurchase. And... and There wasn't really a lot of requirements to disclose. And then in the 80s, Reagan, under (laughs) under Reaganomics (laughs) and under his presidency, they replaced the leaders of the SEC, right? And some new shit came out about about buybacks, about share repurchase programs, right? Companies were not only not required to disclose their share repurchases, but they were also... It was also a safe haven note from the SEC to say like, oh, now companies can comfortably repurchase shares without being scrutinized by the SEC. That's something that came out in 82, right? Mm -hmm. And when that shit came out, well, we saw a boost in executive compensation, obviously, because as we've talked about uh, earlier in the conversation, um, share repurchasing can increase the value of the shares, which are directly tied to how executives are compensated. Productivity also went up during this time because a lot of capital went up in, in the market. And then one thing 
that was really crazy to see was the stagnation of hourly wages compared to this executive compensation. So there's a case to be made that buybacks definitely uh, contributed to the large wealth inequality that we have now across nations, um, but largely in the United States, right? So it's funny, we see in 2000, I think in 2003 was when they put legislation to say that, hey, now you have to disclose it in your in your 10K and 10Qs. We discussed that in our uh, Stock Rocket series. And now companies have to disclose how much they have repurchased, uh, their plans to repurchase in the form of a 20F. Um, and in the Q and the K, they're, they're required to now say that, all right, we're doing this shady shit. But why isn't it illegal now? I mean, I, I've seen I've seen some conversations going up about how fuck we should really put some regulation around this buybacks. Why do you think that that this hasn't reached White House yet? Why why this hasn't reached Congress? Why we haven't put any regulations around stock buybacks? Stock buybacks paints um, a fake picture of the economy doing really well, which mm. does not, uh, which kind of gives the companies a pass. Hey. The economy is doing well. We have this much revenue. We have this much profit. So we should keep doing this. Congress looks at it and does not really act on it. Now, when you see cycles of booms and busts in the recession cycle is when people notice, hey, hang on, you had all this money and now you want to bail out. So I think the, the, the voice against buybacks is just going to grow louder and louder and we already see it in the media with this case of airlines asking for bailouts and then people asking okay these companies are going to get bailed out what about me how am i going to get bailed out like we had this happen in 2008 where we had the whole mortgage uh crisis and these banks were over leverage, they were really reckless, and people think about these bailouts as more of their own tax money that these uh, companies are using up. Um, in a time when we have Trump potentially getting legislation passed to give each adult up to twelve hundred dollars and each child five hundred dollars, where we wouldn't really think of that handout uh, normally in other times. Pretty consistent with oh eight and oh nine. I mean, the financial crisis they had something called the troubled asset relief program tarp you guys remember that it was like 800 billion bucks of aid to these companies i think namely the auto industry we saw a lot of that the the banking industry also received some mainly people were affected by the housing crisis of course the housing industry as well but i think we should have learned from what had happened in 2000 right because in 2008 taxpayers gave money to these companies who were getting bailed out but there were still massive layoffs. And then at the same time, these executives' compensation went up during this crisis when they were the ones being absolutely irresponsible about lending the money in the first place. Now we're at a sort of different place in in 2020, right? Banks are adequately liquid. They're adequately capitalized, right? And we, we have significant liquidity and capital buffers that we've put in place because of regulation on that. But we haven't seen any regulation come out for buybacks, right? Since then. And that was an irresponsible piece since 2008 uh, financial crisis because people, companies used a lot of those extra liquidity for buybacks and paying their executives more money. While they still fired and laid off thousands and thousands of workers. And, you know, 
we we hear this on the news a lot where we're supposed to treat corporations like individuals, right? They get taxed easy. They have certain rights. I wonder, the government agrees to bail out a company. Why would there not be a case in which they just tell that company, whatever you're going to pay yourself, you need to pay your employees across the board. You can't get paid more than your employees. And there's also, if they're doing layoffs anyway, they're cutting off already a significant part of their expenses. What are we saving here, right? When we're bailing off a company, are we saving the executive? Who's getting bailed out? The question that you put out earlier, who is getting bailed out? Definitely not the employees. Not all of them. Thanks for listening to Things Have Changed. Be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and follow us on our Instagram at THC underscore pod. We're going to see you next time.